JoeVerdigan.com, this On the Record segment brought to you by Munster's Service Center. And with me is a former racer from Green Bay, a legendary driver, kind of came out of a semi-retirement years ago. He'll be uh, 82 years young here soon, and he, he's still kicking. Uh, Roger Parrott. Roger was uh, famous for the 131 car, which I remember as a kid, that 67 Chevelle, which was so cool. Uh, talk about how and when you ever got into racing for the first time. Wow, I just got out of the Navy, and the uh, pair was running at the time. So what year was this roughly? Oh, geez, I'd be probably back in 63. Oh, wow, okay. Somewhere back in there. And uh, De Pere was running pretty well, and it was a quarter mile at that time. Right. And I had a friend that had a 54, and he had it all done. He... So this is during the Coupe era, yeah? Yes. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, was Who was running it at the time? Was it, it wasn't Jack Peters, was it uh, John Marcus, probably? No, John Marcus came after Peters. Okay. So Peters was running at that time. Yes, because he, he okay. had a Club 57 out on Oh, yep. I know 57. So you ran in the Coupe eras for a while yes. on, on the inner track. Then back then, you had to get there early to get a seat, didn't you? Yeah, oh, yes. That place was full. They'd fill that thing up, especially when the late models came in and then they opened the track up. Uh, all the big motors and all that started coming around. That. So I, I remember you as a kid. I remember that it was a 67 Chevelle. Your number stood out, number 131, like very early 70s. Why'd you ever pick number 131? Was it a case that they already had so many numbers they had to go into triple digits, or what happened? That, that was pretty much it. They were going in, a, you know, the numbers were pretty much used up that I wanted or anything like that. So there was another kid out there that had 141. Okay. And I thought, oh, what the heck? I might as well just go with 131. Right. So that was the way it that was the way it went from then on. <laughs> you know, and when I when I interviewed guys from that coupe era that's long gone, and there aren't many of us guys left anymore, the biggest thing that I hear and remember is it was so easy back then, you could build every pretty much component from scratch. You know, now you're you would be your great nephew. Uh um Robert Whitkoff's got a sport mod, everything here is fabricated. Different times 40 or 50 years ago, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Everything was, you had to change the front A-frames and, and the whole bit. It just, I went to a Buick A-frame for crying out loud just to keep the wheel bearings so you could make it around a couple of laps. Do you remember your first race? I do. I do. The kid that had that 50 Ford, mm -hmm. uh, I ran it on that. It was a little quarter mile blacktop and I wound up rolling the thing over. Which was common back then. Did yeah. you get a case of beer when you rolled over? I, I didn't get the case of beer, but he probably did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what yeah. was that guy's name? Uh, Jared Gable. Okay. He was He was just, he only lived like, uh, he lived right in Green Bay, right down by Fort Howard School. Sure. And I never expected him ever to have a, a race car in it. And I went to school with the guy. Sure. So that's how, that's how I wound up starting to race. And. Then a couple of other guys started building them. And who's some of the other guys that, that you had friends that were in a race? Or who's some of your picker guys oh, early on? Jeez. Uh, early on with the Chevelle, it was Dave Goddard, Louis Benoit, Dave Barrett. Were these all like classmates of yours? Or? These are just friends that I met through the years. And sure. Once I got out and started racing and 
And uh, then you start talking motors and all that kind of stuff. Then pretty soon somebody wants to do something with a motor. And it just, everything just went haywire after that. <laughs> so in 2022 and in 23, black slick tracks are the norm with all the cars that pound it. But that wasn't the case when I was a kid. I remember, you know, the cars packed the track, not only that, but um, it was the tracks were wet, they were heavy, and you needed a lot of horsepower to make those late models go. How big of a motor were you running back then? The biggest motor I wound up with was uh, a Blanchard motor, and that was a 427 open chamber. And they had horsepower, didn't they? Oh, that thing had horsepower. It was was crazy. And uh, that was what I was... in partners with Jim Taylor at the time. Oh, sure. So I drove his car. And we, we bought the motor together, three of us, and we put it in that. And that's what I started driving after that Chevelle. So was Jim Taylor ever involved with Jim Yonke years ago? Yeah, absolutely. That's yes. why I remember they that were, name. Yep. Yeah, they were big partners. That was that was when I started driving that little yellow Camaro. Right. At, at number seven. Then it was... Yankee had a broken arm. He broke his arm at that time. Sure. So he had me drive it. That was a 65 Chevelle. I remember that car. And then later on, after Yankee killed himself in that airplane deal. Right. Then uh, I started driving for Taylor then. So right. everything everything I had, I just parked. Right. And I was driving a truck at the time, so he would do all the work and everything else. I'd come home on the weekend and race it. So talk about that, you know, to me, that late model explosion, you know, when they got rid of the coupe era, when J.J. Smith and all those guys came, that was like a magical time because that, for me as a kid, you're talking 70, 71, my first memories. I mean, what was it like? That had to be exciting because you had guys from Milwaukee coming up eventually. Uh, the stands were packed. What was that late model era like for you? And it had to be super competitive, wasn't it? Oh, it was crazy. Everybody, you know, everybody was putting bigger motors in. We wound up, we we were just, before they went to, uh, opened up the tracks and everything else, we built up a, a 327 to really haul the mail. Right. Because we were running up at Shano, too. Yes. So I was going to ask you, too, compared to Pierce, Shano, Seymour, that was the big half-mile you know circuit, which was dominant back then. Did you have a preference at either track? Did you run better at any of them? And what were what were some of the differences among them back then, if any? I think at the time I ran better at De Pere. It was a narrower track, right? And uh, it just seemed like that thing would just hook up coming out of them corners, right, right there. And, and so I kind of liked De Pere, and it was close to home, right? But uh, Shano uh, De Pere paid really well because. Paul Kazarowski took that over after that. Paul was one heck of a promoter. He really oh, he was. was. He 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 gave he paid money. And, yeah, and that's where that's where you started getting these guys from Love's Park and oh yeah, uh, JJ and uh, who's the other one? Medina Medina Smith, a stud. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so, do you have any wild wrecks? Looking back in your career, any any really horrendous wrecks stand out? I don't think so. I've had I've been uh, hit. I've hit walls. I've hit uh, fences and guardrails. I, I I never got hurt with any of them. Right. I mean, I tore up some iron, but I never never got hurt. You have any uh, big confrontations or rivalries with any of the drivers over the years? Uh no, I don't think so. The the, the guys that the guys that really stood out was like J.J. and, and uh, Medina Smith. Right. 
and uh, Roger Paul, uh, them, them were the guys that were really, and then there was Tom Stiding that used to come oh, and race sure. against us. Oh, he yeah. was from uh, Wausau area. A little bit west of there, but yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Altoona. So uh, there was there was a lot of guys that would come in there and race Leon Plank. And, oh yeah, a lot of the Western Invasion was big. So years later, you get back into the Midwest Truck Series in the 90s when that took off with NASCAR's popularity. What kind of pushed you to come out of retirement and get into that, which was basically a pavement traveling series at the time? My friend, Bob Heinrichs. Very good guy. Miss yep. him dearly. Yep. He he just, he mentioned to me, he says, Roger, he says they're starting a new series. And it, it's a truck series. Right. Uh, uh, what was that? American? The Midwest Truck Series. Yes. Yep, yep. And uh, he just said, let's, why don't you build a truck too? He says, we're building, we'll build the same thing and all that. And he says, we'll, we'll give her a shot. Sure. Well, I should have, I should have stayed out of it. Why? <laughs> I, why do you I, say that? I should have gotten somebody that knew, that could drive on, on asphalt. Right. And I, I just... Couldn't get my stuff together on asphalt. But your truck won at 141 with Rick Lemons at the wheel. Rick Lemons, Rick Lemons, uh, uh, Eddie Munster. Well, Eddie ran it too, didn't he? Yeah, yep. Scott Hansen at uh, uh, Do you race it at Kakana or no? Hansen then raced it at Kakana, but Munster right. and uh, Lemons. Sure. They're the ones that, that drove it there. And you say that truck still exists? It's out in the tulips, you said? I have it out in the, low, out in the yard right in the corner, just sitting there. When the snow melts, you got to get me a picture of it, will you? All right, I will. <laughs> so any plans with ever restoring it or kind of showing it off down the road or no? I, I really had no idea what I want to do with it. Sure. It's still, I think the tires are still pumped up on it. Right. I just put it down there and that's where it's been. Wow. For maybe about, what, six, seven years? No kidding. Yeah. Eh? Looking back on your career, what are you most proud of, your ear racing career? I I led at, uh, at Luxembourg one night and it was a 50 lapper. Scott Hansen beat me and JJ just passed me in about two laps and then about 48 laps. And I thought I had the I, I led that thing for thirty some laps, and I thought I'm I'm going to win this thing. And all of a sudden, I got a boot in the rear. And <laughs> who gave you the boot? Do you remember? Scott Hansen. Oh yeah, that, that. that was his first win, though. We just talked about that at Luxembourg. Oh, is that right? Yes. Well, good for him. That would have been mine too. <laughs> I hear you, Roger Parrott, a Green Bay native. I always love talking to retired drivers and. Uh, uh, hopefully you get out to the track sometime this year and then watch some racing as a fan. Thanks for your time. You bet. Anytime.